Welcome back to another episode of Bellcast. Today we're double grays. Did you know that? Oh. I was like, oh, cool. I'm the I'm the business name and you're the motto. I'm wearing barbell brigade oh, yeah. and you're wearing dominate humbly. And that's really fitting because today's topic, um, a lot of people want to know how barbell brigade was built. Both Ooh. the gym and the apparel. The reason why I'm surprised right now is because I told Bart, ah, just surprise me with what you want to talk about. Yeah. And so that's what I want to talk about because I, I read that in the comments a lot. And I know a lot of people want to build companies and entities of their own. So I think it'd be cool to get into that. But before we do, shout outs to our sponsors. Today we're sponsored by OpenFit, Skillshare, and Daily Harvest. And um, super grateful for all these sponsors because they're able because of them we're able to keep our podcast going mm -hmm. i did read one comment where they're like can you just do all of the ad reads in the beginning and i would love to but they prefer to be spaced out so we're just doing for what yeah makes them we're happy. not joe rogan joe rogan's got the power to do whatever he wants i know he we could. got no power i know <laughs> So. But yeah, we'll get there, guys. We'll get there. Let's just keep spreading the podcast to all your friends and your tias and your tios and um, and and get more ears and eyeballs on it. And for sure, we'll be able to do whatever the fuck we want. Like yeah, we'll Joe get Rogan. there one day. I feel like Joe Rogan's like Mitsubishi can hit them up. Hey, can you do uh, your sponsor by Mitsubishi? And he could do fuck Mitsubishi, fuck Mitsubishi, fuck Mitsubishi. Like, yes, thank you so much. And they're like, thank you. Now but I don't for think us, can do that. if I do that, bam, podcast is over. See you later, guys. Uh, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. But luckily, we don't want to say fuck to any of our sponsors just no. because uh, we hand select the ones that we do want to share with you guys because we really do stand by them and we do believe them. So um, if we didn't, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be introducing them to you. But it's still fun to say fuck you to some people. Even when I say fuck you to you, I fucking love you. You but don't really say fuck you to me ever. No, I would never say fuck Mitsubishi in a real way. I, <laughs> I know when we're fighting, I want to say fuck you. Have I ever told you fuck you? No. That's cute. I only so say fuck cute. you when we're good. Building a business, I want to say fuck you. <gasps> Why? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So like, uh, I think there's a lot of barbell content out there um, that has me talking about business and stuff. So I think it would be cool to hear maybe some of your insight on how you felt about it. Okay. And maybe even um, going rewinding all the way back to 2002, 2003. We actually started in two. What? Why that far? That's way too far. That's like when you're switching, looking for chapters on Netflix and you go back way too far. I think you mean 2013. 2013, yeah. Yeah. 2002, I was like, wait, that's my senior year in high school. That's weird. Okay. Uh, not that far. Mm -hmm. 2013, 2012. What are your thoughts? How did it start? People are like, it's a huge gamble. How yeah. did you do it? Um. Okay. Let me try to, let me try to get back into that headspace. Um, so as most of you know, I have corporate background. I have a very strict upbringing where everything's like, okay, you depend, your life is dependent on this piece of paper, AKA a diploma. Somehow magically doors open for you once they, they felt like doors, at least they felt like doors open for you. Once you go, bam, bam, bitch, like a cop, like diploma. And they're like, oh, hired. Yeah. But that was my parents era. Yeah. And when I got my diploma, like a bachelor's wasn't as like ha, ha, like sought after at that point. Like a bachelor's, has one now. yeah, a bachelor's became like a high school diploma. Like yeah. they're like, okay, well that's it, cool. Now go get your master's. At that time, masters were important. I don't know if yeah. a master's anything now. I have no idea. I haven't been in the workplace in that capacity in a long time. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, so yeah, when I got my bachelor's, it was like it was like okay, 
diploma. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Where, what are your skills? So I started working at a bank at the lowest position ever, um, worked my way up and got to a point where financially I was really stable. I had a good job title or whatever. Um, hated it. Joined JK Films. Um, and I got the taste of kind of entrepreneurial shit. Entrepreneurial ship. Is that even a word? Can be. Okay, we're doing it. Hey, if the British people can spell color with a U, we can say whatever the hell we want. Entrepreneurialism. Being an entrepreneur. That's not a word. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so yeah. So I got my first taste of just what it takes to be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Because it was me, you, obviously, Joe was, oh, and then maybe Casey towards kind of the beginning. He was the fourth musketeer later on. Yeah, but it so, was three musketeers for a while. Yeah, so it was three musketeers for a while, and it was me wearing a bunch of different hats, r- confronting and running into a lot of different walls and barriers and problems, um, and being creative and finding a way to you know jump o- over these hurdles. So, when in doing that, it was super fun to f- to be like, okay, I'm in a place um, that I don't want to be in, but this is where we're trying to head. So how do I go from point A to point B without any fucking money? Like, Can you give me an cre- example. Um, uh, what's a good example? God, there's so many, like when we were just shooting skits, yeah. for example, like we, we, we have like these really, well, not we, Can maybe you, give me you an example guys, of a skit? like you guys would have like, uh, you guys wanted to film at a high school with like, uh, 40 or 50 different people that knew martial arts um, and you wanted a hot girl in the scene but then you also wanted grandparents and you wanted a lion and you want like you guys the script was so elaborate that I don't remember it, that script but keep going but I'm sure there's all this stuff right so I would have took a picture with a lion if we had one fine I don't remember any selfies with no lions well I didn't get okay, but I'm giving you an example of something right fine. so then you guys would write the script and it's super elaborate. Like we want, we want seven different locations. So we want a school, we want a mansion, uh, we want a grocery store and we want a park. Let's go with something they can look up. So it's not like theoretical. Like let's say Mission Impoopsable. We shot okay. in a warehouse. Okay, so something like Mission Impoopsable. We needed, um, we needed a big ass industrial looking place. Yeah. We needed uh, to outfit you in like a mission impossible attire so all black you needed to have like technology you needed to have um like a a real looking gun and then we needed to have the bad guys that are like uh that are guarding this industrial looking facility but they needed to know how to fall so they needed to be like stunt guys yeah and um so i get the script and 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 i'm like okay cool what's our budget uh can you do it under 100 bucks I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah. shit! It's always impossible. So budgets. then, so then, doing it a hundred bucks to me means, oh fuck, okay. So I got to see how much you know they're gonna charge me for this location. I got to see how much these extras are gonna cost me. I got to feed these extras. We need gas to get to this location. Yeah. So there's all these problems that I'm confronting as I'm trying to plan it. So then I'm like, okay, then this a hundred bucks means um, zero budget. Yeah. <laughs> so then. So then something like that, I, I was constantly working my brain to get really creative um, how to make a hundred bucks on on a YouTube video look like fucking 10,000 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, go check it out. It's Mission Impoopsable. Um, it was like minimal budget, but things like that, I was just like, holy shit, this is so fucking fulfilling. Like creating something that's, that, that's not tangible and then making it something that now is like out into in the universe that people you can see it. You didn't think it was stressful. You didn't think like, I never went to producing school. I gotta be a producer. 
how am I going to find random people that would be down to fall on their backs? Yeah. How do I find a warehouse? Oh like, my God. It is so fucking stressful because I mean, I, I think like most people, at least myself, I see all the problems first, right? And I'm yeah. like looking at all the problems. And this is something that I learned with practice and just with age Yeah. Um, is is I saw the problems first and then I just kind of would get paralyzed because I'm like, fuck, there, I gotta, there's no money. I don't know anyone. Um, I don't know anyone that owns an industrial thing. I don't even know where, an, where I can even look for an industri- industrial warehouse. Like, so you, I saw all the problems first and I'm like, holy fuck, this is stressful, but it's never as stressful as doing something that you hate doing. Mm. So the stress was still there, but it was just a completely different type of stress. Yeah. This was a fun stress. Yeah. Because you, you know? knew if you locked in that warehouse, you're like, that's tight. I don't know how I pulled this out of my ass. But yeah, and it's rewarding. One. And it's like, it's yeah. immediate gratification. It's yeah. rewarding. Yeah. And as things start falling, and I have a control of the whole entire thing. Yeah, yeah. When I was working at the bank, I had control of nothing. I didn't know what the big picture goal was. So I didn't know what I was going for other than money. Other than your like direct department quotas or whatever, right? Uh, Well, I didn't care about that. I just cared about the end game, which was money. Oh, yeah, so because of that, that wasn't fulfilling, and yeah. then it just didn't become a challenge anymore. Because I'm like, well, what do I need money for? Yeah, I don't get to see my friends. I don't get to do a bunch of stuff. I'm like, it's just weird. Like yeah. I would only have uh, Saturdays and Sundays to hang out, but then I'm. It was just a weird thing that I hated. Yeah, not to knock on it. Like yeah. some people love it and they like that routine. That's just not for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was just getting really creative when it came to creating solutions out of potential problems. And then um, getting fulfilled when something that started off in my brain or your brain and then and then seeing it through every single step of the way. And then once you start from A and then you see that now the project has closed, Z, you're at, you've reached Z and it's concluded and it was successful. That was so much fun. And I'm like, holy crap, this is tight. So every time I was producing a new skit for Just Kidding Films, um, it was like my mini little business. You know, like you guys were the yeah, partners. Yeah. You guys give me the plan. That's and true. Now, almost every skit's a little business. Yeah. Because they're also different too. Yeah. Because I'm like hiring people. Yeah. Um, And then I'm like interviewing people. I'm like looking for different things. Casting. I'm sourcing. Yeah. So yeah. all every time it was a, a, a small little business for me. And even like each skit, since it has its own story and tone, they all have its own branding too. Like one yeah. day you could be doing a Sanrio type skit. The other day you're doing like uh, a Stephen King type skit. Like yeah. they all change so differently. Yeah, it, it changes drastically, but the format kind of tends to be the same. Yeah, the skeleton um, of it. The skeleton, right. The skeleton tends to be the same. Like I, I started creating a format um, just so that like I can start training people um, and I'm not the only one doing it. And in, and in creating this format of like a how-to guide, yeah, it just made, it forced me to really understand what I was doing so that like I can smash it, right? So then I already had this taste of like, cool. I, I didn't even see it that way back in the day. Like yeah. I didn't see it as my own little business or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're just little projects. Yeah, there were just these really fun projects. Um, and you had voice that, oh, I think we started training. Yeah. Um, so we were, we were always like ever since before when we were friends, we were always like at a gym somehow. Doing some kind of training, treadmill, yeah. lifting weights, bodybuilding, yeah. whatever. So we were always either at bellies or we were snowboarding or we were playing handball. Like Getting smashed by me. <laughs> okay. She, I remember we were friends and then I was, somehow it came up like what we were good at as kids. And you know I was where like, we played? Where? Um, this is when I was on a volleyball league. Like after college, I still felt like I needed some competitiveness. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I joined this random volleyball yeah. league Yeah. and you, I think you went 
to uh, w- with my boyfriend at that time yeah. to either pick me up or something. Something like that. Yeah. And then um, that's when that conversation started. Yeah. And then uh, I was and something ha- happened where like I was like, oh, I was pretty good at handball. And you're like, no, I was good at handball. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't know who you're talking to. You're talking to the Whitman Elementary fifth grade undisputed world champion. And then you're like, I will beat the living shit out of you. And I think we played, I think, 10 games and it was 10 to zero, I think. You're ridiculous. And this is right at the moment where we need to stop for our first concert. (laughs) 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 And I'm right. Go. If you want to see a vlog video of me and Ma Bear having a handball tournament, I would do it any day. These skills, my slices, they don't go away. They're not called slices, bro. They're called sliders, all right? (laughs) Okay. Speaking of sliders, let me slide into this new sponsor. Right, if you know what a slider is. Do you call slices. it slices or do you call That's them sliders? That's how you already know you're not in it. It's slices, all right? That's probably what they did in the fucking, where are you from? I'm from East LA, Cerritos, homie. East LA. The home of the handballers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's so lame. I know. I know it's not even a real sport. It's not like the best football players. <laughs> it's not. It's the best ping pong and handballers come. Hey, ping pong's an Olympic sport, it is, right? It is actually. All right. Uh, speaking of fitness and sliding and slicing, uh, our first sponsor is OpenFit, and this is super dope. I know a lot of people really want to get fit, and they go, man, I, I feel like my body has so much more potential, but they're intimidated to either go into a gym or they go into this big-ass building, they don't know what's happening. Like, do I need a coach? Even like one of our friends who just, she's on camera a lot, and she doesn't look like <gasps> she needs to Oh my to God, lose. thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I didn't reply to her message, yeah. but she's completely lost in the gym. She's like, how do I work out this muscle? Yeah, she's like, What's a tricep? Should I do it like do it as my bicep or do I need tricep or does that affect? She's like, like, can I only do my bicep and not my tricep? Yeah. So there's a lot of thinking involved. And unless you're like a big research type of dude and you like to dive in and like spend a week, I don't recommend it. This is why I like OpenFit so much. So it's an app and there are a ton of <laughs> 10 minute a day workouts that you can do. So you pop it open, you could put it on your phone or iPad or TV or whatever, and you have all these world-class trainers and coaches, and they will give you the best workout of your life in 10 minutes. So if you're thinking about that, even if you're like watching Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad or something, and then you know how sometimes you just need an eyeball break, bam, 10 minutes, you could probably do one in the morning, one at night, and you already got a 20-minute workout in. So I'm a huge, huge advocate of this. If you're busy, this is for you. If you're intimidated by gyms, this is for you. If you don't want to do a ton of research and get a coach, this is for you. So I don't think there's a reason why you can't have the best body that you always wanted. And right now, what's super dope is they're having an open fit 30-day challenge where our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial nice. where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text BELL, B-E-A-W, 30, 30, 30, and you get mm-hmm. full access to every single type of trainer on there. And uh, from someone that is a coach, I highly recommend trying a bunch of stuff. Uh, try a bunch of stuff, see what really fits you, what um, get your juices going, and then because that's the thing that's going to help you in the long run, you know? So go check that out. Um, all the workouts and nutrition and information is totally free. Text Bell B E A W to thirty thirty thirty, and this is at Open Fit. One more time, B E A W to thirty thirty thirty, and get started on getting the body you always wanted. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I think ten times win is exaggerated, but yes, it was something where I was like, oh my god, I got slaughtered. No, it was yeah for sure. It was like seven plus because I remember I, I had this thought of like, 
how many times do I have to destroy her for her to know that hey, I'm better? Hey, I have a lot of pride, okay? And I, think I know, that, you never know. I, mean, I like being the time, underdog. Honestly, I think that's the first time I fell in love with you. I was like, damn, she's <laughs> fucking tenacious. She wants it bad. I'm going to give it to her good over and over and over again. By beating me, you doofus. Now that's cool. I like it. Um, so yeah, we've always been kind of uh, physical. Yeah. The, the, just our whole existence. Yes. So then once we got together, um, we started doing CrossFit because that's when that was popping off. Yeah. And we swore we were so busy that we needed to do like really fast circuit st style uh, training. So we would do that at we're Bally's. We were doing CrossFit in, in like Bally's 24 hours. Yeah, we would place. do this at Bally's before it, before it became mainstream. So people were like, what the hell? These freaking weird ass people. And we were getting in people's ways and we we're trying to do circuits by using like multiple machines or stations, not yeah. mainly machines, but stations. And we lived in Monterey Park, which is pretty much Chinatown. Right so there is no CrossFit gym. For those of you that are like, why don't you just go to a CrossFit gym? They didn't losers? exist that much. Yeah. Yeah. And then the ones that did exist, it was like $300 a month or something ridiculous like yeah. it was really expensive so it was super exclusive um so then we were like damn it okay well we can't do this at our gym at our you know at a commercial gym just because they're gonna kick us out because mm -hmm. you were deadlifting and they were like hey can you please not drop the weight and it's like 400 pounds and it's like well i mean it's gravity dude like i'm not trying to slam the weight it's just with gravity it pulls it and it just kind of vibrates so then we started looking for alternative gyms and all of them around us were just like really like mismatched and, and they just were dirty and grimy and like they were, um, it just wasn't our vibe. Like I remember you had bought, um, because I think you just got into powerlifting. So you bought the powerlifting of that time shoe and that was the Chuck. Yeah. And you bought white ones and we went to this powerlifting gym and um, it was like your chucks just got dirty within five minutes. I remember I powerlifted for a whole year and the amount of stains I got at this powerlifting gym we went to, it was in three minutes, my white chucks were now gray chucks. And I'm like, this place is freaking nasty. Yeah, and that whole year they were all white and then yeah. within three minutes, nasty. So then um, at that point you were like, damn, I think I'm just gonna have to build my own gym. So Barbell Brigade really came from just you, right? And then uh, you asked your friends like if they wanted to jump in on it. It was actually smaller than that. It was actually at first, um, I remember I was like, hey, Ma Bear. Oh, the house gym. Yeah, like I really wanted to lift. And I'm like, if I can't, if I can't lift at like a commercial gym, I was like, can I put a squat rack in our living room? And you're like, hell no. Okay, wait, how big was our, how big was our, like, we had like 500 square feet. It was a ridiculous feet. request, 100%. How big was the space though? Probably like the living room, probably like 50 square feet or something. Yes, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So I understand why she would say no. Um, and Can't even the, believe you would ask. Never hurts to ask. Never hurts to ask. It never hurts to hey, ask. Hey, I've been taught for 12 years straight, there are no bad questions. There's a fuck ton of bad questions. Hey. Who are you pointing at? Mrs. Zavonnet, in your fucking face. Don't tell me that bullshit. Mr. Canales, in your face. Miss Anderson, there are bad questions, okay? Hell yeah, they're bad questions. All right. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I think then that's when me and my buddies, Han, Han Champion, shout outs to him, and then uh, Ice One Cube, Frank, um, I was just telling him about this idea. I'm like, hey, um, I know you guys like, you guys come to LA a lot. Like, uh, would you guys be down to chip in and get like this big old container? Because uh, back then I was still in the Marine Corps. And so I worked out of containers a lot. So I know the capabilities of them. So I'm like, can we get a container uh, and stock it full of equipment? And I don't know, maybe it's like a couple hundred bucks per person. And I just pass out locks and we can go ham and we'll just park it uh, in the back of JK. And they were um, 
like super down and I just kept talking. So beyond those two, I started talking to more people. And then I think in like a day's worth of text, 20 people were like, I'm down. And that's when I came back to you. I'm like, hey, babe, I think this might be bigger than uh, just a container. Yeah. And then um, somehow something went where uh, I think one of them was working full time. The other one was traveling a lot. So just the timing didn't work out with you three. Yeah. And then you were just like, hey, uh, do you want to do it with me? Yeah. And at that time, I was just, I was just like, yeah, I mean, like. Were well, you scared? Were you like, you want to open a gym? No, because I just. I didn't look at that point. I had produced so much and I've done yeah. so much of JK stuff where it's yeah. like I was writing like binding contracts yeah. for touring shows. Like yeah. you guys were touring in Australia and Malaysia and stuff. She was a manager too. And like I was handling all of that. Yeah. Like I wasn't with you guys, but I coordinated people picking you up, taking you to eat, picking yeah. you up from the dropping you off at a hotel, picking you up. Like I was doing all this stuff yeah. from home. And like, so I just. I had my hands in everything. Yeah, like I was doing everything. Yeah. So you did a great job um, too, by the way. If I never thanked you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you never did. But um, well, but um, yes. Yeah, you so did when a you, really good job. So when you presented this, I had like my YouTube background of like, fuck it, try it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Type of mentality. Yeah. And I love you so fucking much, and I want to support your dreams. That this wasn't my dream. Like a, a gym was never something that I was like I. Even, not that that was yours either. That wasn't your childhood dream to open a gym? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So it wasn't my thing, you know? Like yeah. for me, I wanted to do more of like shelter, like pet, like animal stuff. Yeah. Uh, so when you presented this idea, I'm like, okay, cool. I guess this time around, I'm going to support Papa with his thing. And I was just honored that you even saw enough potential in me to be like, hey, I want to do it with you. Maybe that was my version of telling you, you did a really great job with everything you <laughs> had to do. And so you're even worth my breath of sharing this idea I with. I never took it like that. I just took it as, because the way you presented it to me, yeah. no offense, but you were like, I think it would be cool if I just start something with you. So it sounded like because you love me, um, you just wanted to do something with the love of your life. So it wasn't nah. like, like, oh, I mean, that's sweet too, but it just didn't seem like, oh, because you're capable. It was more like, well, you're my girlfriend and I love you. We should have our own thing. Oh, like, that's fine. what it felt like. So well, I was I'm just sorry. Like, I messed up. You uh -huh. are extremely capable. You've managed, you've produced, you've done so many back end things for bar, uh, JK. You've even designed a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. on Adobe oh, yeah. for JK. Yeah. So she's the one that got the Uncle Sam hats made. Oh, yeah, I did. So you did so this much. This is a perfect point to stop, though, because right now we're talking about Adobe. We're talking about just different things that I was doing, all these different skills that I kind of acquired. Yeah. Um, and I it couldn't be a better moment to talk about Skillshare. So Skillshare, y'all, is um, uh, let me pull it up. I know exactly what it is, but I just want to pull it up because um, so Skillshare is an online learning community of like anything that you can possibly think of. Like if you're a writer and you want to learn how to write better fiction or novels or whatever, there's so many tutorials on how to teach you starting from the very basic. Right now, I'm looking into more interior design because I don't know if you guys know this, but we just bought our second home and this is our for real forever home. And I'm in charge of the interior design because I don't know how long you've known Bart and I, but in our very first dwelling, Bart put together this cinder block TV stand that was very Bart-esque. It won a lot of awards though. It was very Bart-esque and it wasn't really for me so i just let you have your thing thank you it was we, fun i got out of the system awesome and now it's my turn to do the interior design it's just way better taste than i do but what's really dope with skillshare is so all i had to do this is how easy it is all i had to do was go into the search bar right interior design and then it breaks it down like 
beautifully, right? So it'll it'll say like, okay, what do you want to uh, do? You want to interior design, uh, photography, like how you want things to get displayed, or accessories, like things on top of a coffee table, or things uh, uh, with a certain color palette. So it breaks it down so much that it's like very intuitive and it's very thoughtless. That's sick. And it's so unintimidating. Is that a word? <laughs> That's a word. That's a word. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's just very it's just very easy to use. Um not intimidating at all. Um easy to navigate, intuitive. Uh give me a second. So it almost sounds like if you don't want your friends to come over to your living room and go, "What the hell is this bullshit?" You can take these classes and actually make yeah. your living room look good. And you're taking it from legitimate people that have like legitimate backgrounds. Like it's not just a Joe Schmo that yeah. like kind of did something and yeah. dabbled in it. It's like these are professional people that have uh, that are qualified. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's tons of different courses that you can share. I mean, that you can learn from. Um, and for me personally, I think learning and constantly sharpening your tools not only keeps you young, but it keeps you very useful. Um, it keeps you sharp and and really like anytime you make a direction change in life like for me i always feel like there's no end all be all like ever like today what about I'm me? A, right we are it but even then like what if we want an open relationship you said you were down like that's not an end all be all you but know you'll what I mean? still if i had two vaginas to put my uh sperm in it's gonna be always you awesome thank you that's romantic isn't it that's very romantic baby and that's how we're married and we're soulmates i learned that on the romance class on skillshare thank you baby <laughs> There's no romance class. Maybe there is. I didn't even look up romance. We should look that up. Um, no, but I think it's very important to just keep the education going. Yeah. Like there's oh, no yeah. reason for you to stop. And and it's not just education. Like let's learn about history 101, yeah. which is fine and all. But there's things like photography. You know, they're like fun things or you want to start your own website. So there's so many things for you guys to learn from. Um, so you can take classes in, uh, in everything from photography to creative writing. Oh, crap. I just talked about that. To design productivity. That one's really, really important. Yeah, you lazy fucks. <laughs> so whether you're returning a long time to a long time passion project, challenging yourself to get outside your comfort zone, which I highly recommend for everyone. And you always should use sunscreen if you go outside. Yes, which you never do or simply exploring something new, Skillshare uh, has classes for you. So um, for our listeners, join the millions of students already learning. Bro, you're not one of the millions. Come on, man, jump on this. Like there's millions of people on this already. Um, with a special offer for our listeners, you get two months of Skillshare for free. Two months, that's 60 days. You can do so much in 60 days. That's amazing. You can get really good at a lot of things in 60 days. In one month, really? Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's right. Skillshare is offering Bailcast listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Bail, B-E-A-W. Again, I'll repeat that. It's Skillshare.com slash Bear to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Bail. So, yeah, I was saying that I was... um. Yeah, I was, no, you were saying that I was like doing a bunch of stuff on Adobe. I've never done anything on Adobe at that time. I didn't know, I only knew basic Photoshop skills just because of MySpace. It, oh, shit. Yeah, you know, when you yeah. wanted to like do crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. filters or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's what I did. So when you asked me for it, I was just like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to support you? And that's then, very sweet of you. And then, um, uh, we started looking at like equipment. I was like, oh my God, how are we going to get money? Even before that, uh, 
was uh, we didn't know anything about brick and mortar business. Oh, right. Because like, you know, like when you when you have like JK films, like online business is way different. Like online business, uh, a lot of uh, the logistical stuff, you don't really have to worry about because you can just like, let's say you want to start selling like little mini trees or something, right? You build the product out and then you take a couple photos, you put it on the website, you have a shopping cart that's attached like something like Shopify but, or ShipStation or whatever. But we didn't even do that. That's no, no. already closer to brick and mortar. All right, right. What we, yeah, were we didn't even deal with the public. We didn't do any so of I think that. That's, that's the part that really freaked us out. But then unlike we didn't have Skillshare back then. So we're like, what do we do? And we went to Barnes and Noble and we just bought a how to build a business book. But it wasn't we didn't even know what correct book to buy. Yeah. So it was like a business like brick and mortar business or something like that for dummies. Like it I was think, part of the for dummies series. I think we were we were literally sitting on the floor in the Barnes and Noble in Pasadena and I think the only reason we chose the book that we did is because it had worksheets in the back. So it was like, okay, we, we're oh, like, oh, I we remember. got homework. Yeah, I remember what it was. It was how to build a business plan. Oh, so it was like right. every chapter had this worksheet. Right. And then so at the end of the whole book, you would have had your business plan because you would have filled out everything just like school. Yeah. So we're like, that's funny. Oh, let's do this one. Because yeah. even the dummies one didn't have a worksheet. You're we're like, right. We're like, how are we going to plan that? Like, it's cool if I have all this theoretical knowledge about someone else's business. But yeah. what about what we want to build? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's a good memory. So uh, for me at that point, because I was so used to building on people's ideas yeah. that when this idea came up, I'm like, well, what's the difference now? Like, yeah, it's just a different format. Um, that's that's going to that's, you know, going to take some some studying and get used to. But I've told you this off camera, like I've never once in my life ever felt like I can fail anything. Wow. I've told you this. I know. Um, and it's but not if you don't say it on camera. It never happened. OK, fine. But in, and this is not to sound cocky or like, oh, I know everything, but it's more to be like, um, I just have a really positive mindset when it comes to new shit. Like, I'm just more like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, what's the worst that can happen? You yeah. know, like, I'm not going to die. Like, that's pretty bad. Why don't you go free soloing with Taika on your back? Uh, because that probably die. But you're good at everything. Um, that's not what I said. I literally oh. said that. I'm not saying it to say that I'm good at everything. I'm just uh, saying that I don't feel like I can fail. Can you fail free souling with Taekwondo? I absolutely can. Okay. <laughs> so when the consequence is death, okay? Right. When it's death and I and I feel like the percentage of my death happening is pretty high, then yeah. I probably won't do that. I'll put bubble wrap on the bottom. Uh, then I oh well then I probably won't fail. I'll okay. probably fall. Yeah. But I wouldn't consider that a fail. I'd be like, okay, well, now I know not to do that again. Now to go back again. Yeah. That's still, that's still mindset. Um, so I've always kind of felt that my whole life. Like I, there was two things I always felt. The first one was um, I'm never going to downgrade. Like ever. Like for anything, like I, I will never f uh, want to downgrade. So whether that's like materialistic things or uh, with my relationships with people, like in any sort of aspect, I will never downgrade to whatever my own standards are. Yeah. And I've yet to do that. Um, the other one was uh, that I, I don't feel like I can fail. Like, yeah, I might make mistakes and it might not go as planned. And that at that moment will be something that I like didn't succeed in. Yeah. I guess you can call it like a failure, but I'm not going to view it as like a fail. Damn, mm, I'm so down on myself. Yeah, it's going to I'm going to have that moment of like, damn, I invested all this time. It didn't work out. But what can I take from this to start the new thing? Yeah. So because I've always felt that when you were presenting this thing to me. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but let's just do it. And then when I saw the cost that was involved in it, the way it happened was we did that book thing, right? Um, we had a pretty decent idea of the steps that we needed to take. So it was like, okay, so 
What's the, what's, you know, why are we building this thing? What do we want it to feel like? Who are we trying to attract? Um, where would we want it? And then it was like, okay, the final, final steps of it all was like, okay, well, what equipment do we want? And then getting the cost for that thing. So when we saw the cost for that thing, we were like, oh crap, that's kind of a lot of money. Cause yeah. it was like 30 or 60 G's or something like that. So we're like, okay, well, we're pretty broke at this point. We don't have that money just sitting around. So what's the next thing that we can do to, to raise this money? Oh, let's start a clothing company. And then in doing that, like I was really broke and you were really broke. It was like, okay, well, what would, what would it take to print X amount of stock? And I think we probably printed like three or 400 pieces or something. I'll refresh your memory. Okay, thank you this so is, much. Uh, so this is how crazy it is. We wanted to start a gym. We already had a name for it. We knew it was going to be Barbell Brigade, even though we went through a bunch of names. It was actually going to be Brigade Barbell Club. And this is after a year of doing all this. Uh, the worksheets, yeah. It was going to be Brigade Barbell Club. And then we were outside of John's Kebabs talking about it. And then I accidentally said Barbell Brigade. And you're like, that's the name. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, why? I thought we were glued on uh, Brigade Barbell Club. And you're like, if you're going to mix it up and Barbell Brigade's going to flow better, we should probably do that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's true. So we, st we stuck to that name. And then at this time, um, we were like, well, we don't know anything about gyms. We also need money. How can we like buy all this equipment? And then we knew the merch game a little bit because we're selling Uncle Sam hats. We're selling like the JK merch. So we kind of understood that. So we're like, let's build the clothing line to start the gym. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy that we even- Cro That we crowdsourced. Yeah, we, th we went one business route to support the other one. And at that time, I specifically remember we didn't have that much money. So we had but a partner. It was $200 each. Yeah, it was, a, it was three partners. And then we each put in, I think it was 300 to make up $1,000. And uh, I think even at that time, our partner was like, wait, just 300? Because he was already doing other business. Yeah. So I thought at that time, he thought it was going to be like, oh, 10 200. Gs, 10 Gs, 10 Gs. And they're like, let's start with 300. 300. Oh my God. So, so shout outs to him for even having faith in us when we, That's so funny. When we dropped the number that low. Because if someone came up to me now and like, hey, Bart, I want to start a business with you. I'm like, oh, cool. Tell me the idea. And I, if I love the idea and he goes, it's going to be 250 each. I'd be like, uh-oh. I don't think we're on the same plane here. But he was willing to entertain it. <laughs> that's so it. true. Shout outs to him. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that's so funny. Okay, so yeah, we did that. Oh my God, I forgot all about that. Yeah, and he, he went off to start this other company called Merch Labs. Check them out. If you ever need like any types of uh, like YouTube merch or anything like that. They, Daniel, they right? Daniel, Daniel Kim. Daniel, Shout like he, out he, to was, him. he was one of our first partners. So that's funny. I forgot so all that, about so that. that was sick, yeah. Yeah, okay, so... We did this t-shirt route and the and I personally liked taking that route instead because the financial risk was so low. Yeah. For me, if it failed, right? Like dictionary wise, if it failed, then cool. What did I do? I lost 300 bucks. Like yeah. that's nothing. Even if I was broke as fuck, like looking at the grand scheme of things, 300 bucks is nothing. Like I'm still healthy. I have a roof over my head. Like I got friends, I got food in my belly. Like I didn't lose shit. So I'm like, 300 bucks? Yeah, well, fucking let's go. Let's do it. Like, yeah, I was going to be strapped for cash maybe that month. But yeah. I'm like, who cares? Let's, let's, let's fucking, let's fucking do it. Yeah. You know, fuck it, let's do it. That's always been my motto. Um, and then, and then, yeah, like, uh, we made this video talking about our idea and how we wanted to bring, so we were, we were basically surveying. And we didn't even we didn't even really understand the power of that. We were just like, okay, well, fortunate for us, we have a platform, and we've created this platform for ourselves via JK Films, 
Um, and the Bart brand. And then at that time, it was I still had my own brand, the Gio Giovanna Antoinette brand. And we surveyed our fans and we we're like, hey, you guys, we have this idea. Um, we want to open up a gym, Barbell Brigade. And we want to know if you guys, if we open it up, would you guys want that? And if you do want that, then, um, you know, uh, pay a hundred bucks and then you'll have, you'll basically get grandfathered a lifetime membership for just a hundred dollars. Yeah. And then I think we only needed, how much was it? Like a, for a thousand? No, no, people? it wasn't a hundred bucks. So, oh, so the numbers are kind of uh, screwy. So what happened was, uh, so we had them, we, we, we started that clothing line business and it was cool. It started growing little by little, but we realized that it wasn't enough. Like that the 50 or 80 G's that we needed to buy all the equipment, it wasn't selling at that rate where we can accumulate that. Okay, so, thanks for the refresher. Yeah. This is a long time ago. Yeah, so we're like, oh shit, uh, what else can we do? And then we're, I think we're starting doing the math and then we're like, okay, um, one thing that we need to, to cover the expense of when you have a brick and mortar is the monthly expenses. And then so we're like, okay. Like if the we overhead, can, which yeah. is utilities, staff. The lease of the place. The lease. Um, so we're like, if we can get a hundred people to join our brigade and spend 55 bucks a month. Oh, it was 55. That's 55. I mixed it up. Yeah, that's 5,500 every single month. Then that can cover the utilities, the lease, the employees, all that stuff. And then so that's not even the initial investment part. I think we took the business, that the, we broke the business down into digestible parts that we understood. And that's when we made that video. And we were crowdfunding without even knowing that we're crowdfunding. Shout yeah. out to Daniel again, because he was like a maestro at websites. So when we we're just pitching him ideas like, hey, on this website that we've been selling hoodies and tees on, if we want to do a video and post a video uh, to this website, can we take payment? He goes, yeah. So he worked all of that in. And what's cool is from five years ago, there are still members that have the original price till this day, which is super dope. They've yeah. been writing for us since 2003. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, so then, yeah, I think within a day or two, we hit our goal and we were like, yeah, and that was really fast for us. Yeah. So we're like, oh, shit. Keep okay. in mind, this is Monterey Park, like Chinatown, where we're like, no one, there's no CrossFit gyms, no hardcore gyms. People barely know what lifting are. And then. People that were on the surrounding areas came from far and wide. They're like, yeah, we'll support this. We love what you guys are about. Damn, that's tight. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, so we saw the response and we're like, holy crap, there's a demand. Yeah. And with the demand, that means there needs to be a supply. And we wanted to be the suppliers. So then when we saw that, we still didn't have the 60 Gs that we needed, though. Yeah. So um, my credit at that time was really fucked up. Yeah. And to get a business loan to help fund your business, because- for the most part, first time business starters um, don't really have the capital or the money yeah. liquid or available for them to just start dropping cash like that. Yeah. So uh, going to the bank and getting a loan was out of the question because I don't know how your credit was, but my credit was fucked up. I think I had like a 600 score. Um, my credit was all right. I remember going to the bank to getting a loan. And uh, so when you go to a bank, they're not stupid, right? They need a collateral. So I think for them, they're like, okay, well, what? type of history do you have from business? So I remember they're like, they're like, have you been in business before? And I was like, oh yeah, JK Films. They're like, well, can you bring some of those tax returns? So I brought those in. And then I think that time, uh, JK Films has only been an LLC for maybe like two years or three years. And then they're like, oh, you guys haven't really been around that long. And I'm like, what? Three years is a long it time, is a long buddy. Time. But they're like, ooh. And then I think they were like, you know what? 
I think we can that's give, a huge risk. Yeah, I think they were like, we can give you this little amount of money. I don't remember what the m- amount of money was, but the interest rate was so high because they didn't trust you yet. Mm. You know, when you have when you're a baller baller and you're, you have millions in your bank bank account, people will loan you money for zero because they know they're gonna come. It's gonna come back, but they're taking a risk. And then I'm like, I remember it was like fifteen percent or something crazy. Maybe twenty six like, or something. Yeah, I'm like, we're gonna fifty five hundred is not gonna cover that percentage too. Yeah. So it went back to the drawing board, and then that's when I started asking my dad because I know my dad was like a big, big, big saver. Yeah. And then he ended up borrowing money from my aunt. I know I asked my parents, but the most my dad could could lend was ten grand, which he did. Yeah, he actually. did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He lent me ten grand. Oh. Yeah. My papa. So we got the fifty plus the ten, plus the the. I forgot about that. Yeah, from wow, the, this is cool. Yeah, from the money that we we got from the teas and hoodie. Do you remember when we uh? So when we first got tees and hoodies made with $300, we probably had one box of clothes. Yeah. It was one box and it both was. the tees and the hoodies fit in that one box. And then we're like, we got to sell this the way old school uh, did it. So we went to the UFC. This is where we met Nadim, actually. We went to the UFC gym. This is so embarrassing. Yeah, we went to the UFC gym in Corona. This is before we even like heavily promoted Barbell. Yeah, this is our. we went to the UFC gym in Corona because the USPA a uh, powerlifting state championships was ha- happening there. So we're like, that's our demographic. Maybe someone will buy it. And I remember people coming by the booth. We tell them what it's about. No one bought a single, not even the Dean bought a single <laughs> thing. But I mean, he was also probably like 17. He bought it online though. Yeah, he yeah, had yeah. a shit ton of clothes. No, no, later At 17, on, he bought so many. Yeah, later on, he bought so many. And I he think would, he was wearing it. Yeah, he would you'd wear it. Um, yeah. But at that time, no one bought a single thing except for these two spectators that weren't even lifting. They yeah. just liked the skull. Yeah, well, they don't know what that, that is. looks kind of rad. Our, our hoodies were 40 bucks. Yeah, and they're like, I'll buy that yeah and then so we we stayed there for eight hours and we sold one shirt i know and we gave away two yeah and i was like at this rate this gym is never gonna pop off yeah yeah it never did um so fast forward back to us uh getting the 60 g's and then having the uh uh now the monthly cost of operation covered we're like oh fuck people have submitted their money we need to get this operation up and popping tomorrow but before we get to that this is our last and final sponsor and it's daily harvest and this is super super dope because um so tying it back in with fitness like i just came back from japan and when i travel i just eat anything and everything and most of the time that ends up being a lot of processed foods and uh, when you eat a lot of processed foods, you feel kind of slow, you feel kind of sluggish, and you end up getting the worst scenario possible, which is what I have right now, where your sleeves are very baggy, and then the mid part of the shirt is very tight. Mm. Should be the other way around. Um, so what I like about Daily Harvest is it kind of corrects you back to being a good human, a good animal, where all of their smoothies, all of their overnight oats, mm. it has built-in whole foods. So. The difference between whole foods is whole foods are, are usually the food that when you walk in a supermarket, it's the section that needs to be refrigerated because it needs to perish. It's going to perish. That's real food. When you have like a box of like Twizzlers or something that's going to last two oh, years. My favorite. That's oh. not real food. And that's crazy junk. And of course, it is we love junk. But everything that's on a shelf, you want to stay away from. But it's hard. You know, you got like, how, how am I going to? How do I eat this apple? 
I don't even remember how to eat an apple. Well, guess what? They'll chop it up for you <laughs> and throw it in oatmeal. And, then so you and can it's eat. convenient. Yeah, and they'll make it into a smoothie. Or you, I feel like we're so disconnected. You, you see like a bunch of berries at the market. Like, how do I eat a berry? Well, they'll put it into a smoothie and you can blend it up. And there's different ways. They put Greek yogurt in it. So there's a lot of whole foods and all of these things. I'm a big fan of their overnight oats because um, it gets crunchy and it has a nice texture uh, the next day. And um, it's easy to stock up your freezer full of them. So... If you need good quality food that's going to make you feel good. And you're on the go. And you're on the go. Grab one of those guys. Highly, highly recommend it. Make sure you go to dailyharvest.com and our promo code BELL, B-E-A-W, to get three cups free in your first box. That's B-E-A-W for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily dot, uh, daily-harvest.com. That's daily-harvest.com. And um, this will change your life 100% because you're going to be like, holy shit, I remember, I think I remember how to eat an orange again. Well, and it's and it's done in a way uh, where you can take it to go because it comes in a cup yeah. and you can microwave that cup after it's been frozen. You can microwave it. It comes with the lid. So if you have to jet out of the door, yeah. there's no excuses for not to be eating healthy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, so going back to uh, we needed to um, launch this gym ASAP now. Yeah. Uh, I remember now we had people's money and I'm like, oh, my God, like it's not about us anymore. These people invested in it. Yeah. So I remember one of the things that I did uh, since we were doing brand deals at that time, I understood the importance of marketing. So like when you're building a business, it's a lot of it is for sure. You have to have a dope idea for sure. You need to have funding. But I think the biggest part in terms of having a successful business is being able to think outside of the box. And so one oh, thing, you're so good at that. Yeah. So when I was like, oh, shit. Um, if we spend all of our money on equipment, we're gonna not going to have any money to repaint this place, brand this place, do all the things that's going to make it cool. So I remember having brand deal experience. I'm like, what if I pitch this to equipment companies? And I'm like, hey, we're also going to start a YouTube channel with this thing. If you're able to either sponsor the gym or give us a, a um, or give us a big discount, I will plug you for the life of this gym. And uh, shout outs to ETE. Uh, they made CrossFit equipment at the time. They're down to do some custom uh, powerlifting stuff. I went to them and then I think they took like 30 or 40% off, which is super cool. So I think whatever cost of the equipment, if it was like 50 G's that brought it, that took like 15 G's off or something like that. I forgot what the math was or like 12 G's off. So that, that was a huge money saver. And I remember coming back to you. I remember, I remember that briefcase I bought. I uh, bought at that yard sale. That one's $5. I'll never forget. I keep trying to throw that thing out. I had a presentation I printed out and everything showing trajectory of, of how many views we get. Yeah. Even screenshots of Uncle Sam. Like we get millions of views per video. And then I remember coming back. I was so him. nervous in that meeting. I'm like, take it away, Bart. I remember I came back. I'm like, we got it. I'm so happy. Yeah, it was with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was with you. At that point in the game though, you were so much more advanced in business that I, than I was that I I would let you kind of like take it. I was just like, okay, this is your this is your area of expertise. But I really it. wasn't. I, w I just thought outside of the box and I was willing to just jump head first all the time. That's awesome. Um, I jump toe first. I go, but you just like, you're already in there. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. I'm, I'm going to be a little bitch. I'm going to jump in next. Because I'm like, what's the worst going to say? No. Cool. Yeah. Then I still have to pay full price no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. But some people just don't even think like that. Like I wasn't thinking like that. I was just like, we got to pay the full price. Well, I mean, I watch a lot of movies. Yeah. And there's always the guy that walks up to the line at the club, hands the bouncer 20 bucks, and he unhooks the velvet rope. So I'm just like, 
that's life. That's Damn, how, that's, that's nice. That's how it works. Yeah. There's it, lots of ways to get in the club. Yeah. I'm sure it was your upbringing for sure. Cause for, for, I think in Asian culture, like you guys, it's all about haggling, right? Like it's getting the best deal. No, there's a lot of haggling at like night markets and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, for us, at least the way I was raised, it's not that way. It's like only poor people beg. Like, why are you begging? Like when you do that back and forth, yeah, it's it's considered begging. But you guys don't know about Wall Street where everything's a negotiation. Uh, well, I'm just saying, like, like mergers that's and acquisitions, how, it's all negotiation. It is negotiation, but negotiation is done in a business setting. This one, if you're like going back and forth over like beans, it's like, come on, dude, you can afford the extra ten cents. Shut the fuck up. Okay, fine. Yeah, but no, that was good that you did that. Um, so I, I remember in the beginning, at least, I would let you kind of take it on more, just because fitness is. You know, it is your space. Like yeah. I'm in it, but I'm not in it as much as you are. Like you read all these scientific articles and you're always like up on the latest and greatest and yeah. you're always debunking things. And like, that's your, like you're passionate about that. For me, I yeah. just, I'm just a practitioner, a practitioner, you know? Yeah. So in the beginning, I was really fortunate that we both had our strengths as individuals um, and as a team. And then wherever the other person was weak, the other one kind of just stepped in a little bit. Um, so in the beginning, I would let you kind of just take it. And, and I would just trust what you were doing. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. You seem like you know what you're doing and you're passionate. Cool. Here, we'll go. And it kind of felt I like- I didn't know what I was doing. Well, it just, you were passionate though. Yeah. And then I felt that too when I was passionate about something. Like if it was more on the creative tip and I'm like, oh, I think this should go here. We really need to do this or we need to go bigger here or we should like consider this thing. Then I think you would feel my passion and you were just like, okay, cool. Like I'll support what she wants. So- um, yeah, I just felt that a lot in the beginning. And and the first, I want to say, where are we at now? 19, right? Yeah. 2019. I want to say like the first three or four years, like um, I really didn't know what I was doing. Like No one does. Like we, I think we just hired people that we thought um, fit the, the company why, like fit the company culture. And then uh, we would try to make you know, we were like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And so we would hear what they wanted to do. And then we would find a position that we needed and we would try to align it that way. Um, and now looking back at it, I'm like, man, you should never do that. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you should never create a, a position around a specific person. Like you should have your position and then you should find the right person to fill that position, yeah. not the other way around. That's things you learn in business later yeah. on. Yeah. Like, I remember back in those days, I remember our first four guys that we hired, I was probably just as nervous interviewing them as they were getting interviewed you look like you knew what the fuck you were doing hell no that fool's sitting in front of me trying to get a job and i gotta pretend like i know what i'm doing asking the right questions and i was just as nervous as they were yeah that's, no that's the first time we like actually interviewed for a brick and mortar <laughs> sorry i just don't want to be rude and open up my mouth and like i know you're in thoughts so i don't want to yawn and be like i know but it's hilarious when you're <laughs> yawning and you're like, I'm trying to hold it in. Just leave my yawns alone. I'm doing it out of respect for you, Fine, okay? Thank it, you. Imagine thank you're you. talking, I'm like this. Like, that's fucking rude. But I'd rather just have you yawn because I know what's happening. All right, fine. Because I don't know if you have a glitch or like... A glitch? Am I a fucking computer? Or a Tourette or something's coming in. I don't a know Tourette? What. what the hell is a Tourette? A Tourette. <laughs> Who's Tourette <laughs> like, in here? Bitch, motherfucker, bitch. Like that Tourette's? Kind of, yeah. Fine, like a tick... Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. All right, Tourette. Anyway, but yeah, you were just as nervous. Yeah, I was just as nervous. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, but then later on, like when I'm, when we meet like really cool mentors, shout yeah. out to Paul Gomez. Uh, he was one of the guys that started Hurley, wound up selling it to Nike. 
uh, who ended up developing, helping develop the Nike SB division. So he's an OG, uh, super successful. And one of our first meetings with him, he was like, I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. I don't know fucking shit. And I will never know everything. Yeah. But if you want to ask for my experience, I can help you with a lot of things. Yeah. And so when I heard that, I was like, fuck, no one really knows what's going on. Yeah. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, no one knows. No one did. No, everyone is just making moves based off what's happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something I've learned these past couple of years. And then um, that starts applying and leaking into just life. Like, it's not just business where nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Like, yes, there's there's formulas and there's types of formats or whatever. But to be successful and outstanding and 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 to stick out in a bunch, you know, of, of like in a sea of people doing the exact same thing that you are, you have to think outside the box and you have to be creative and you really have to believe in what it is that you're in the pursuit of, you know, or what you're trying to build. Um, and yeah, that was really comforting to hear that. And then uh, another really important um person and role model for me and you i'm sure was when we even met with mark bell like a legend in the game oh yeah like he's just a legend in the game and we're like these new newbies and we don't know what the fuck we're doing we're like in our late mid to late 20s and we're just like now sharing a space next to him who's been doing it forever and he was so welcoming where not that anyone was an asshole to us but you can just feel that not everyone is as open and as welcoming when they see you as competition. I think uh, he for sure really gave me a lot of confidence. Shout outs to Mark Bell too. Just cause like when we're in this space, like number one, we're a minority in the space. Back in powerlifting, it was mainly white. Um, everyone looked like they were racist, even though I'm sure they're all very nice people. Yeah. But I feel like they didn't, I didn't wanna, feel, I didn't get any sort of racism. I don't think any of them want to do anything with the chink. And um, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure that's not true. But that's what it way, that's the way it felt. Everyone listened to, like, these days, people listen to hip-hop, listen to EDM. Not back then, it was like... It was the same ACDC tunes or, like, Ozzy (laughs) tunes. It was like, everyone's the same, right? And then, so, Mark Bell's legendary. He's uh, trained for a long-ass time with Westside, old-school Westside guy under legendary Louis Simmons. And you're just like, oh, shit. When someone like that co-signs you and... And believes in you. And they believe in you. You're like, oh, fuck, we're actually doing something right. Yeah. You know? And then so that really gave me confidence. Like, oh, wait, I'm doing something right. Something that someone that's that big, that legendary, who's benched uh, pretty close to 600 before, squatted over a thousand pounds in a suit. You're just like, man, this is really, really cool. Yeah. So, so these little like um, encounters that we have with people that we really look up to definitely fuels and, and like gives you a pat on your back. Like, okay, Hey, you know what? You're doing something right. Yeah. Uh, Because again, we never know what we're doing. Nah. But I think just recently now, because we've been doing it for five years at this point that we're like, Oh, okay. We read books like Simon Sinek's like start with why. And we're like, Oh wow. That's something so basic. Like, why do you want to do this? And um, it it keeps you like, like hyper-focused on, you know, the reason why you started it and you want to push it and you want to really have other people believe in it. Um, and you start kind of fine tuning, you know, then, then because you understand your company, why then now the way you hire people is going to be completely different. Um, and then the way you want your name to be put on things is going to be completely different, but these are not, but these are all things that you kind of have to go through, uh, via trial and tribulation. Cause there's tons and tons and tons of books out there that will tell you what to do. But if you're anything like Bart and I, like I have to fall on my face 
um, and be like, oh, fuck, there's a rock there. I didn't see it before. But if someone told me, hey, there's a rock there, uh, make sure not to fall. I'm not going to learn. And yeah. like, I'm going to forget about it. And then next week, I'm going to fucking trip on it. And then once I trip and fall, I'm like, oh, there's that rock. So I have to do it. Like, I have to get my hands dirty. I have to be in that position for me to really retain and understand what it is that's going on. Was there a time at Barbell where you felt like you had you tripped and fell on a rock? And then maybe at the time you thought it was like, I don't think there's any coming back from this. I don't know because so it was kind of a weird point in my life. And I've talked about this in a past uh, podcast, but you and I weren't doing good. Yeah. And because because you're such an integral part of my life that if we're not OK, then everything else is just kind of not OK. Yeah. So I don't know if it was because of that, but I just, I was just so far removed from Barbell that like, I'm just like, I was just going through the motions. I'm like, all right, you take it away. You're passionate about it. You go for it. You know, like, I think there was a time where you really carried Barbell on your back while I was like, just kind of helping it afloat. Yeah. Um, just because like, I just felt so just down in the dumps, you know, our relationship was really fucked up and like, I always felt like I was a failure and like, I just wasn't good at anything. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know if it was because of the business thing, but I, I don't want to say that it is. That's one of the things that I think like a lot of people don't think about with couple businesses is that as much, cause we tried really hard to keep the relationship separate from the business and vice versa, but they bleed into each other. Yeah. How healthy, how supportive you guys are in the actual relationship. It, it's like the backbone of yeah. how healthy you guys are in the actual business yeah. and vice versa too. Yeah. Well, actually no. not even vice versa. Just, it's just one way. Yeah. Your business could be balling as fuck. Um, and you could be making hella money. Cause there was a point where Barbell started skyrocketing and that didn't fix any of our marital problems. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a hard question for me to answer. Cause yeah, I, I, I don't think it was like a singular thing that made me feel yeah, I just wouldn't know if it was like the business that was stressing out the relationship or vice versa. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think it was both. I think um, not being able to carve out specific time. Because I remember there was just times like, I mean, when we first opened, um, we I think we opened at 5 a.m. and closed at 12. Yeah, you were opening and I was closing. So which means we had to be there at, at least 4.30 and then stay until at least like one to clean up. And there are times where like we had to open and close. So there's days where we're only sleeping three hours each and then we'd be mopping, exchanging the water because we had five gallon water jugs at the time. And then so um, our relationship ended up being like the the least priority. And when you're not building a relationship, it's just going to go to shit. Yeah. And I think we just got so busy trying to make this business float. Yeah. That it just one thing led to another. And then when you have a business, man, there's like infinite things that you should be doing and could be doing more. Yeah. So when you're thinking That's about when you're asking, like, why did, why isn't it 25, eight? Yeah. 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 Cause you're like, <laughs> you're like, Oh, marketing. Cool. I got Instagram. Well, are you on LinkedIn, Snapchat, YouTube, Facebook? That's one aspect of it. Then you got Yelp. Are you interacting with every single comment on Yelp or all your photos updated on Yelp? You know, one thing it's that crazy. I fucking hate what? when people are like, well, Beyonce has the same time in a day that you have. Why aren't you doing what Beyonce does? And yeah. I'm like, motherfucker, because she's got like 20 people just on one thing. Yeah. And like, she's got a whole fucking team of people. And like, 
like, yeah, when you're starting a business, you kind of are your own team of all these people. Yeah. You know, but like if you're in a relationship, I think. And Beyonce has been where we've been at one point. And beyond, and there's people that look at Beyonce and think she's a beginner. True. You know, like I'm sure, I'm sure like at the billionaire level, there's just so many levels to it that there's, 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 that's why like no matter what. She's not top 100 billionaires. Yeah. There's never, there's never, there's always, wherever you are, there's already so many more extra things that you could be doing. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think the person that that's the most richest, the number one billionaire, richest person in the world, do you think they're? You think they're like, man, I'm the best. Probably not, right? Because they're probably trying to just secure that. It's so hard. Like I can, when I when I read articles of people like speculating, like someone like Jeff Bezos, right? Like who's probably one of the fastest rising billionaires of the last decade or two. Yeah. When they when they try to speculate how his mindset is and how he's achieved things, or even someone like Jack Ma, I think that's people trying to speculate greatness, like. Michael Jordan's mentality. Yeah. It's like, dude, you have not, if you have never even smashed a first grade basketball game. Yeah, you can't even speak. You're not even going to understand a high school varsity state championship. And that guy is not even going to understand winning the NCAA final. And he's not going to understand what it means to get traded five different cities to finally land in one team he gels with where the prior coach that was good got on his team and then finally won the NBA finals. It's like you're not even going to know. Yeah. So like, I don't even try to pretend like I know. Cause when I hear people like speculate things that are like 12 leagues above them, I just laugh. Cause I'm like, I could speculate things maybe one or two leagues above me. Cause I'm, I can, they're near, but like trying to understand how Conor McGregor feels or beyond. I'm just like, come on, dude, you guys don't have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're at our closing thoughts. Oh, are we? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I get this question as much as you do, like, hey, I want to start this. You know, what do you what do you recommend? And for me, I'm like, you know what? If you're going to start a brick and mortar with people like you got to understand that that's going to be where your main focus is going to be put. Like you're really going to have to take care of your people, really understand them, know how to communicate with them. Um, you need to you need to really understand that there's going to be a lot of sacrificing in the beginning. Yeah. You know, like if you want if you want to be like the best at anything, like you got to practice every day, right? Yeah. Um, and by practice, it's not like just, okay, one hour a day. It's like, nah, this is like a nonstop thing for who knows how long. Yeah. So you have to be willing to have some sleepless nights, do a lot of like saying no to a lot of plans and um, not shopping or not traveling, not doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and really trying to focus and understand what it is um, that you're trying to build, uh, because people will feel it. People will know when it's disingenuine. Yeah. You know what my biggest advice to people that want to start a business is? Mm. If you don't love it, don't do it. Yeah. Don't even fucking do it because man, when you build a business, it's not just the business. You got to really think, um, there's going to be times you're only going to be sleeping three hours a day. You miss your dad's birthday. 
you your relationship might go to shit because you're spending so much time on it. There might be a time where you build your team up to like four, five, six, seven, eight people and it's killing and it's on cruise control. All of a sudden, the four people on the left are beefing with the four people on the right, threatening to leave now. But those four people are crucial to your business that you know if you lose your web guy, your design guy, whatever, your business is gonna crumble and you have to make a decision. Do I go with people that are morally right or people that are really good for the business? It's a ton of shit that people don't know that goes into the business and the babysitting part of it and the managerial part of it. It's a lot. And then so if you're willing, like let's say you fucking love marshmallows, to the point where you'll die for marshmallows, go fucking start a marshmallow business. But if I mean, you not, don't even have to start a marshmallow. You could just keep loving them. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can keep loving them. <laughs> but uh, what one thing that Jack Ma put out, um, who's Alibaba CEO and one of the fastest rising billionaires of our generation too, that I really agree with, that I'd probably tell Taika, thank you for just yawning <laughs> nice and honestly, because I know what's happening and it's not a glitch in the matrix. You suck. I hate yawning like I that. I just told you I accepted you and it's that I suck. Fine, fine. Because you don't accept me. I accept you. You don't because uh, you yeah. would let me yawn with my mouth closed. That's acceptance. Do you want me to talk you to me, me change. And, and I go like this? If that's what you want to do, is that what you want to do? You do this fucking dumb shit. <laughs> All the time. I hate it, but you're still I doing have it. allergies, babe. So what? I have fucking manners. You want me to bleed everywhere? Because I can. If I don't do that, I'm going to I'm gonna blow your nose. That's why I do that. Okay. I like how you try <laughs> to make everything work for you. But okay. anyway. Well, anyway, this is a... Uh, I don't want to let you take away from Jack Ma. He's a dope dude. Um, but what Jack Ma said is he's a firm believer that uh, from 19 to... Tw- Nice. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I think he said uh, from 19 to 20, um, you should work as hard as you can and try as many things as, uh, not 19 to 20, that's only the one year. From your, uh, your, your like. You're fucking this up. He, okay. You took don't, away don't, from Jack Amal like I, I crazy. Okay. You want me to look it up? No, don't, don't, don't quote me, but look it up to get the real <laughs> shit. But he says uh, pretty much from like your 10s to 20s. So 11, 12, whatever, up to 19, 20. What you want to do is try as much shit as possible because you have little repercussion. So that's where you can learn and really develop a passion. Then, are you listening? I'm, yeah, I'm okay, looking fine. up the quote then, because you're fucking from, it all up. Then from 20 to 30, what you want to do Here, is- Here, I got find, it. Is, hold on. You want to, tell me if I got it right. From 20 to 30, you want to find a highly motivated, young, pioneering, innovative individual to shadow under so you can let them make the mistakes, but you get all the benefits. So you don't have to deal with the four people feuding with the other four. You don't have to deal with lease. You don't have to deal with crazy, like, uh, taxes that come out of nowhere, minimum wage being raised through the roof. That's going to affect, you don't have to deal with all that. You let someone else deal with it, but you get to learn all the creative ends of it. Then uh, from 30 to 40 is you start off on your own and you go pioneer and pave your path. Yep. And I, li- I like that. Here, let method. me read it. I like that method. Because that took way too long. Okay, so this is what he says. When you are 20 to 30 years old, you, you should follow- You don't have Chinese accent because he speaks Chinese. No. When you are 20 to 30 years, <laughs> years old, you should follow a good boss and join a good company to learn how to do things properly. So too. Uh, when you're 30 to 40 years old, if you want to do something yourself, just do it. Go do it, motherfucker. Yeah. You, st- <laughs> you still can afford to lose to fail. Yeah. Uh, and then it says, when you're 40 to 50 years old, my suggestion is you should do things you are good at. That's so true. When you're, I love that he keeps going. Yeah. When you are 50 to 60 years old, you spend time training and developing young people the next generation. And start dying your hair because it's going to be all white. Yep. Fuck, mine's all white already. Uh, not that crazy, but... Uh, when you are 60 years old, you better stay with your grandchildren. That's so true. And when you're 80 years old, I'm just kidding. He stopped. And I mean, it just keeps going. But yeah, yeah. I like it. 
So I feel like we barely uh, scratched scratch the, the surface. surface. Like there's so oh many. Oh my God, we're soulmates. Because we start, I know. Because when we start <laughs> talking about memories, it's like just the website, the crowdfunding, and then just some a few ups and downs. I know, like, we're fucking babies, There's a dude. lot of stuff that we went on. So like what I wanted to put out there is if you if this story really interests you, um, I'm super down to do a part two. We're going to write a book. I'm just kidding. No, I'm super down to do a part <laughs> the two. The shortest book ever. Because I think we've only talked about barely pre-2013 yeah, and maybe nothing. 2014 we've, a little bit. Yeah, we didn't. There's so much other stuff that uh, if you guys like this, then we'll talk about it. If not, there's, I'm sure there's a ton of other things we could talk about. Yeah. Uh, but let us know in the comments below. Please write next topic dash whatever you want us to talk about. Or semicolon. Semicolon. And <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. So thank you guys. Uh, and thank you to the sponsors. Once again, Open Fit, Skillshare, Daily Harvest, and of course, our very own Barbell, Barbell Brigade. Brigade. Um, see you guys next time. Bye. Peace.